You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Psyched by MG. This is Mary Grace Randazzo Ratliff, or MG for short. I've been a psychotherapist in private practice for 32 years now. Guess what, everyone? We all have issues. So it's time to lighten up and move forward. Let's stop letting our crap control us and take control of our crap. Good evening. Hey, hey. Hi, everyone. How are you? Hello, hello. Oh, my God. Mister. Girl. First, we'll do what we have to do, because if I get going and I get on a roll, I will forget. Everybody, viewers, you can find us on Spotify, Podcast Detroit, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, YouTube, Facebook. Of course, we're live tonight on Facebook television. Um, LinkedIn, just look up Psyched by MG. Um, And uh, hit like, please, please subscribe, hit like. Uh, also give us your comments, let us know if you have show ideas, uh, or if you want, you have somebody that you want us to pay tribute to who's died of coronavirus. Um, I do want to, you know, spend some time with anybody who writes in and, uh, would like a tribute. Um, and we have Barbara Mangami, of course. Hey, hey, how are you? How's everyone doing today? Uh, happy Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. I know. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Today, of course, we're going to talk about, we're going to look at dictators, sociopaths, and psychopaths and their personality traits and character and how it affects society. And I think this is such a great, great topic. Um but before we like really dive in, <laughs> how you doing, Barbara? Uh, apart from the fact that I had uh, an hour and a half of sleep last night, I think I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm doing pretty good. I'm just a little dazed. Uh, everything feels a little surreal right now. Um, yeah. The energy out there seems somewhat chaotic just based on what I'm feeling. You know, we have the new moon came in yesterday and... Uh, yeah. Oh, it brought us some interesting, interesting developments uh, on the political front. I'm not even going to beat about the bush with this. Uh, we hear that uh, number 40 is 45, isn't it? Number 45? Number 45 is COVID positive, as is his wife, as is his uh, spokesperson. Yeah. Um, and these developments actually came about while I was awake. I was wide awake. I was hanging with the young people on TikTok and everywhere else. And the news just started coming through. And um, lots of really mixed reactions, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one reaction that seems to be overall and overwhelming is anger. Mm -hmm. And that kind of surprised me, especially among young people. and. I'm not sure who's angry yet in terms of what political affiliation, but the young people I was coming across yesterday was super, super angry. Like how, it's someone like, you know what? 
this is kind of a poetic justice moment for having gone so long telling your followers that this thing doesn't exist, for having gone so long insulting uh, people of Asian descent, Chinese people calling it China virus, for having gone so long telling people not to wear masks, endangering us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 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 there was a lot of, of, of real anger. Like, yeah, what? I know, I, I was, I didn't sleep either. <laughs> I yeah. ran in it. You know, I think it was one forty in the morning and, t- you know, woke me up. She's like, mom, mom, you know, he's got, he's got the virus. Um, and her, her fraternity, they were all tinging each other, talking about it. And at first I was so shocked. I was shocked, but I wasn't shocked because when you are not responsible and effective in dealing with COVID-19, yeah, you're playing with fire and you get burned. This is how it works. But what really hit me today as I was watching the news is our national security. And, and this, this is so dark. This irresponsibility, this idiocy is, is causing our national security to be a th- threatened. It's vulnerable. We cannot have all of the people that have been exposed now in Congress, in the Senate, all of these leaders get sick. The the, the implications of what came out are dire. And I think that was what was sobering for so many people who went from, you know what, poetic justice to, wait a minute, so-and-so was around him. So-and-so was around him. What about the other day he was here? The other, it, it, it went from poetic justice to this to very sobering. And here's the thing, too. You've got to realize, Mary Grace, is that this is what people in public health have been saying for so long about this disease, this, this virus, which is if we could just contain the people who had it yeah. and let them have it, That's fine. The problem with it is its incubation period is so long. By the time somebody is either showing signs and symptoms or is tested and tests positive, it's possible they've already been infected and been infectious for quite a while. I know. I know. I know. And so in, 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 in this whole, you know, in this whole narrative, when you look, like you say, at the implications for national security are huge. And we're not talking about young people in government here. No. I mean, 45 himself, first and foremost, uh, for the kind of people who really get it and get sick and suffer bad, he's a perfect candidate. I mean, people thought Nancy Pelosi was being mean when she said, you know what, he's obese. Uh, doesn't exercise, eats McDonald's. So he's probably very compromised in terms of nutrition and everything else. It could hit him really hard, yeah. but he's not the only one who's, who's up there in age. Mm-hmm. I know. He's Most of the people who hang around him in his inner circle are pretty old. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I, it's just so, it, it's so... God, it doesn't have to be like this. No, it didn't have to be like this. It doesn't. It, and, and, you know, when you're not responsible, and I deal with this in counseling sessions, you know, when people avoid a problem, 
when they rationalize away an issue and they say, well, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. I say, you're making a big deal out of it. You're going to make it last for freaking ever. When you don't deal with a problem, no matter what it it is, is. you extend the life of that problem. You make it go on and on and on, and it will keep re-entering your life until you master it. So well, if people are bitching and saying, we can't close down, then you should have taken that seriously. Then we this, need to close this is, where, this is where the anger comes in because it's like, well, you know, you've gone from being responsible and overseeing the death of over 200,000 people in this country to now a situation where 30 days prior to the election, you're infected. And possibly a whole bunch of other people around you infected. I mean, everybody's just waiting to see who else because there are going to be other people in that top brass. And that exposes us to to those elements that want to see this country fail. Yes, that's right. That's right. So on an internal level is what has already happened. And then, you know, on an international scale is the disaster that could possibly happen now, given the circumstances. Yeah, because what that means is they're going to have to. So if he's quarantined, and there are going to be plenty others in top brass positions quarantined. Some of the vacuum right there. Some of them are rationalizing today, saying that they're not. They don't have a fever, so they don't have to quarantine. And I, I was just looking, listening to CNN, going, "Are you kidding me? What? Are you kidding me?" Some of the people around him are still making plans. And and the doctors came out and said, you all have to be under quarantine. That's it. You have to be under, and you have to be tested. from Tested and then quarantined. Tested and then quarantined. And they're saying no, because they don't have a fever. We're not sick. We tested negative. And the doctor came in and said, you could test negative today and tomorrow or in five days or in 14 days, you could test positive. Right. When you were exposed. Right. And, and, you know, again, I'll say it again. This is a pandemic issue. This is a pandemic issue. Well, we know, for example, I mean, numbers are starting to go up again as it gets cooler. Here in Michigan, numbers are going up. I was just reading them before I came on here. Yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen, Barbara? As I'm watching the universities make terrible decisions with our young kids, and I'm watching the numbers, and they're not random testing. These universities are not random testing. And I'm watching the numbers go up. I've been kind of keeping a tally. And so in the last six weeks, I now know of 13, 13, it may be 15 cases of young people who've gotten COVID. Oh, wow. Personally knowing 15 people, young people who've gotten COVID at colleges. And I thought, you know, what's going to happen. They're all going to go home. They're infecting people. They're all going to go home at Thanksgiving time. And everybody at home is going to get sick. They're going to spread it. That's been my worry, right? You know this. I've got an elderly mom and an elderly mother-in-law in here. So that has been our main concern is that the young people who are getting it, well, majority of them seem to weather it okay. 
Uh, we've talked about the side effects and what then happens later after you've cleared the infection. That's another story. My point is they're clearing this infection, right? It's not killing them immediately. Mm-hmm. But what about these old folks? No. What about the immunocompromised? No. I know. So I feel like we're at the very beginning, way back in March when this thing started. Yeah, I know. Only now we've got the commander in chief being the one who has it. And it'll be interesting to see how they handle everything after this. But what is important to me, Mary Grace, as I look at the events of this last year, especially in the light of COVID and everything else that has gone on, especially in the light of just what we heard with this political debate and the fact that, you know, we have a president who flat out refused to condemn white supremacy, like flat out refused to condemn it. And then subtly, but not so subtly, says to a fringe white supremacist group called the Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. Wow. Wow. I know. Just wow. It, it, it feels like you're in some kind of strange dream, but then you realize, no, this is real. Yeah. And we've had four years of the same. It's just that now seems more pronounced. Now it seems more magnified. Yeah. Because of the movements that have come up in opposition to this. Because, you know, particularly around the election and so on. Yeah. Um, you know, Antifa is an anti-fascist group. He condemns it. This is a president who if he were to get another term, wants to ensure that the history taught in schools is whitewashed. Uh, He wants to make sure that, um, you know, all civil liberties are going to be curtailed if they do not serve his purpose. And his purpose to me as a black African woman seems to be to perpetuate the white supremacist narrative. And I look at the man in which he does things. And, you know, we're talking about dictators here. And I'm like, you know, what are the hallmarks of a dictatorship? And I'm going to draw parallels from other countries where, because I've lived through dictatorship. You know, my home country of Zimbabwe right now is under a horrible dictator by the name of Nangwago. Prior to that, we had a horrible dictator called Mugabe, but Turns out Mugabe was nice compared to Bunangagwa, you know, comparing to which is the nicer dictator. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. But there are hallmarks to these people. There are certain things that are key to the way these people operate. Mm-hmm. And there are certain personality types that uh, become dictators. And it's interesting because when I look at my daughters and we talk about things like this, like what are the qualities you look for in a leader? Not just generally. You know, and they talk about all these different qualities, service being one, uh, somebody who can, who's a consensus builder, somebody who's good at conflict resolution, uh, somebody who's good at compromise, you know, somebody who, who realizes that their position of power is not to be abused, but to be used for the greater good of all citizens, right? All people. And... The truth is, that is not what we've seen under this president. Yeah, and I mean, this is such a great lead-in right here to really identify the traits 
of a dictator. And we wanted to talk about, you know, the traits of a dictator, the traits of a sociopath, the traits of a psychopath. We want to give the differentiation between those three groups. Right. Um, And so let me, let me read just a second. Let me, let's, let's, let's have people understand because there's levels There's narcissism, which we've talked about, and that's a pervasive pattern of grandiosity and a need to be admired with a lack of empathy and 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 an inability to bond well with people. They are entitled and struggle. This is how I usually describe it to enter another person's world, another person's wants and needs and limits and knows. That's narcissism. Now, there is somebody who's called a malignant narcissist, which we've heard this term, and, and this term is, it's not in our DSM. And our DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. Mm-hmm. It's called the DSM-5. And that is not in there, not yet. Um, But this person is, they have characteristics and traits of a narcissist and antisocial behaviors. Um, It's, you know, it's the same traits, unfortunately, that is seen by psychopaths and statistics. Um, They can be excessively paranoid, ruthless, brutal. They have a great need for admiration, um, self-centered, entitled. They'll carry some of the traits, of course, a great deal of the traits of narcissism, but at a more extensive level. They have to be the center of the universe. It is their needs and their wants that are of utmost importance. Everyone is to care for them. They do not bond. Um, Brutality is a part of this. Yep. And this is what is so cruelty and brutality. Um, Now, psychopaths are, are a bit different. You know, narcissists, and dictate, you know, narcissism and psychopathology is a part of narcissism, but it's, it's a bit different. Psychopaths are not social beings. Right. So a dictator, and we're going to define dictator, a dictator is a social being. They need the masses attention. They need the masses to follow them, admire them. They need the masses to support their agenda to promote what their perception of the world should be. Right. That is a dictator. Now a dictator can be a sociopath, Mm -hmm. but they are not usually psychopaths because psychopaths do not like that social element. Right. So it's important to differentiate. Um, Psychopaths are bold and cruel. They commit murder. And they feel nothing. The level of detachment, the level of remorse, they have no remorse. They see other people as objects. Right. And they have a cruelty inside 
and a brutality that allows them to commit murder and and feel nothing. Um, and some, you know, I, I've read a lot about psychopaths and some, you know, will say, I just don't feel anything. I mean, you need to kill me because I won't be stopped. They know that they're monsters, but it, they're very, they're more private where mm-hmm. dictators can be sociopaths and sociopaths and dictators can be very social. Right. Um, so they have, of course, psychopaths have a callousness. Um, and they are not psychopaths are not worried about how you perceive them, but dictators are very concerned with how you perceive them as are narcissists as are narcissists. That's yeah, right. the, the, the image is very important. What are people saying? I mean, we know somebody who's so fixated on the polls, right? Yeah. What are people saying? Well, this poll says oh, we're doing great. Right. That poll, well, you know what? That poll, you know what? Fake news. That's right. That's right. Um, so to, to keep, when you're thinking about a psychopath, and they kill, and they are callous, and they are violent, and they are extremely dangerous, and they see everyone as an object, um, but they are more isolative and are not social. So to un- let's just separate out now the psychopath versus the dictator right. and the sociopath. And Barbara, you were talking about like you, you, the, the leader of your country, your homeland right now is a dictator. You have- yeah, and there's certain things, Mary Grace, that these people do that are like, like I always say to, um, to my partner or my mom when we're chatting, I'm like spitting image only in different color skins. The languaging is the same. The one thing they're good at doing, and I'll give you some things that they love to do, just the hallmarks, just from a surface level, not even psychological. One is systematic efforts to control, control the media, control information, control information, control. Demonize the media, put censorship. If I tell you the number of acts that have been put in place in Zimbabwe, to demonize, to the extent that journalists cannot do their job, we've had activists thrown in jail because they put all sorts of acts and laws so that they control what information goes where, out to the world, excuse my, excuse me, and out to the masses because the masses must maintain a perception that they're being taken care of. And so they can't hear of the corruption that's going on inside. They can't hear of the... Uh, the uh, government abuses of funding or the government abuses of people or the heinous crimes that government officials, they can't hear that. And so they censor the media. And then the other thing that they love to do and they do very well is they will build a certain media network for themselves that is pro them, the propaganda machine. Yeah. It's to feed his, the dictator's view of what he wants right. society to look like, not what society needs, 
not to better the good of the people in the society. Oh, it's got nothing to do with that. No, it's all about that person's ego, that person's perception of things and how you will admire and feed that ego. And And also, Mary Grace, something really important that I found out about looking at, I look at Hitler, I look at Mnangagwa and Mugabe, I look at number 45 here. I'm sorry if there's anybody who's offended by me calling this, this, this number 45 a dictator. Oh, well, deal with it, okay? Because I will give you the facts. You can make up your mind. And if your mind is still not made up and you still think that I am inappropriate for calling him such, uh, I guess we'll just have to agree to differ. But here's the thing that I found, Mary Grace, Stalin, Mussolini, Mussolini. Munangagwa, number 45, Mugabe. All of them have a certain ideology. So it's not necessarily just about feeding their ego. They truly see themselves as messianic. Number 45 the other day was asked something or told something. And you know what he said? He's like, well, you see, I've got some magical powers, you know. I think somebody said, you can't do this constitutionally you cannot and you're like well you know i i can pretty much do anything because i have these magical powers mugabe believed he was really sent by god in fact there was a time where i don't know whether he started this but people started referring to him as the second messiah Mm -hmm. okay so hitler had this 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 dream and ideology of a pure and air aryan race and he was the one who was coming to to bring the charge and so they have almost a sense of mission and a passion about their ideology that is what makes them dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And so the, they the, are, do not, for people who are listening, there is a paranoia. They are paranoid. This is a grandiosity. This in mental illness is delusional Mm -hmm. and they do not bond with others. They do not bond. They do not see the needs and wants of others. They will control the narrative so that you will see what they want, their perception and what they are wanting to create. But that dictator will not ever see your needs. Your, any, your needs are a burden and a problem. Right. And what they do is they tap into what I call collective fear of yes. one particular group. Yes. Like they usually yeah. go for the kind of weakest group or the group that has a sort of superiority. So in Zimbabwe, for example, the Shona people, who are the majority, as usually is the case in these, had this sense that they were superior to some of the more minor ethnicities. As a result, he taps into that and speaks to their need to feel great as the kings and queens, as the the original people of that land, and all these other people are colonizers who came, and they are marginalized. And so the languaging is is targeted to meet and feed some fear in a group. Mm-hmm. So in this country, number 45's thing is 
white people are in danger. Your jobs are in danger, white people. See all these immigrants and foreigners coming in, white people? They're coming to take your jobs, white people. If you're not careful, white people, this will be the end of you. So he feeds a, a, a latent fear. And this is why for me, when it comes to working with communities, we have to go to the root cause of why people are prone to follow dictators. Because dictators exist because somebody has given them a platform, somebody has opened a door, somebody because they find ways of getting to that fear. In Nazi Germany, it was the fear of Germans for the Jews. And he knew that there was something, some resentment going on there because there was this idea that the Jews are making more money, the Jews are richer in, in our country. How are the Jews being so successful in our country? These people, right? He went for that. And he started the same rhetoric. They're here to take your jobs. They will dilute your race and therefore your culture will come to nothing and there will be no legacy left for your children. In history, you will not be remembered as anything because, because, because. That's exactly what dictators do. Everywhere you go, they find that collective fear, that collective angst. Yes. And they work with that yes. in order to ascend. And yes. so when... When people in such a group hear somebody who seems to be messianic in their tone, they're like, we found a leader. We found a leader. Because what has happened here, Mary Grace, and I hate to say this, but it's the truth, and you can look up the statistics if you want. The people who support number 45 aren't supporting number 45 because he's ever actually done anything for them. Last four years, if you look at it, not much. But he supports and, and their ideology and he dislikes and hates the people they dislike and hate. Do you see what I mean? And that's all there is to it. That's the same in Zimbabwe. It doesn't matter that the country has been brought to its knees. We are still preaching, you know, supremacists of, you know, the dominant minority, the, the dominant group. It doesn't matter that you go to bed hungry at night and you don't know whether your kids are going to go to school or not. It doesn't matter. But you know what? We're going to support the ruling party because they are the party who brought us freedom and they are the party who keep us, the majority, propped up. Yeah. It's very insidious. Like I said, and my I, thing is I want to in the communities where the work needs to be done. And I want to add to that because with sociopathy, with a person who wants a dictatorship. They, if you ever call them on something that they've done wrong and you present facts to them, they will distract, they will get loud and they will distract to another crisis. They also know how to read someone's vulnerabilities and they will go there. They will get you so worked up and confused and insecure by how hard they go at somebody that you will forget about what you had confronted them about. And they, they do something that's called triangulation where you put one group against another group. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. And 
this person is always the hero in the triangle. That's they're, it. They're the hero and they play one against the other. Pathological lying is a part of it. They lie because they don't care about the truth. They care about the triangulations. They care about the divisions and the splits. They care about creating chaos because as long as everyone is chaotic and unable to see clearly, he can wear them out. And as long as he wears you out and gets you tired and keeps you afraid, he has control. That's it. And then, you know, the other thing they love to do is they like politicizing the civil service, military, national guard, domestic security agencies. I mean, how often has he wanted to call the military even in to intervene in something that is what just protests in a country? And, you know, the military was like, oh, since when? We don't go. We are here to protect the country. We are not here to go to war with our own people. Yes. Leave us out of this. Yes. But in places, you see, and these, they are very strategic in some places. So that's in this country. And you're talking about how when you question them or you confront them with facts, they mm-hmm. deflect. Yes. And, and in other parts of the world, honey, there's no, there's no opportunity to deflect or even to ask those important questions because they squash through killing. Now, yeah. in this country... There are checks and balances in place. You can't just go, you know, like, uh, you can't just go ending people's lives. But in other countries where the dictatorship, and this is why I want people to listen, when a dictator is now entrenched, you're finished. Because he will make sure, like I said, he likes politicizing civil service, whatever. The fact that in this country there are people who are resisting that is hope. In a place like, say, Zimbabwe, he literally made sure that he was handpicking the generals, handpicking the police chiefs, handpicking whoever strategically, mm-hmm. and then making sure that, you know what, he pays them enough so that they owe him favors. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in this country with 45, mm-hmm. maybe on a minor scale. But let me tell you something. When I look at the whole Republican Party, I'm like, that's a bunch of people who were paid off and silenced. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot tell me that sane men and women would go along with this charade for as long as they have. But like I said, you know what? Maybe everybody has their price. And so what happens is what we're witnessing in this country may be the sort of, what I'd say, it's like the harbinger. It's like the, the guys sit up and beware because this could turn into that where now everybody who can be bought has been bought He's got everybody in his pocket. And therefore now he can really be a little chief who tells, who does whatever he wants. The other day, what was it? He said, Nigerians need to be out of this country. We're putting a travel ban on Nigerians. Babe, do you know where that came from? There was a report that came out about the fact that Nigerians among minority groups are the highest education educated and therefore the highest paid even more than white people middle class like their average income nigerians is higher than average um, white america that's why because everybody was like you woke up one day it's like the nigerians have gone but this was an academic paper that had just cited these statistics about different ethnicities and groups in this country 
The very next day, he was like, Nigerians, we're putting a travel ban on Nigerians. Can't come here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if he was a dictator like Idi Amin, what did Idi Amin do one day? Walk up and said, oh, Indians, you've got 24 hours. Pack your stuff and get out. Ruining people's lives, hurting people, destroying people. And no, and no, no connection to any of the pain, any of the destruction. Nope. No connection whatsoever. Nope. And that detachment, you know, what people have to understand, and, and I really, you know, some viewers are going to get really pissed off. Oh, yeah, I know. This one's going to be a live one. Hmm. I really... I want you to educate yourselves on what a psychopath is, what a malignant narcissist does, what are the behaviors, what are the traits. Please educate yourself. Don't listen to us. For those that are disagreeing and think we're full of shit and all that (laughs) other crap, whatever you want to think, fine, go for it. It's okay. But I just ask that you educate yourself because if you truly do the homework on this, then watch the behaviors, look for the traits. Dictators always fall. And the reason they always fall is because they will burn through every relationship. And the only thing that stops any form of narcissism, whether it's a narcissist or borderline, which is small scale, or the sociopath, the dictator, the psychopath, the malignant narcissist, limits. You have to put limits around bad behavior. You have to be clear-minded enough to know what is good behavior and what is bad behavior. And when you hurt people and you judge people and you are cold, that is simply bad behavior. And that needs a limit. And I, there's a, another saying that I say, when somebody is doing an abusive bad behavior, you don't ever rationalize why they're doing it. You don't ever do that. It just needs to be bad behavior. That's because it. You rationalize that behavior. You will not set a limit with it. You will not be able to protect yourself because as soon as these rationalizations begin, you're done. You have no power in that relationship anymore. And you will be controlled by that dictator, that sociopath, that whatever it is, will gain power in that in that relationship because they can manipulate you. They can they know and they're so bright. That's the other thing I wanted to bring up. You need to know the IQ of a sociopath, a psychopath, a dictator. It's extremely high. They are very, very smart. They know how to read people. They know your weak points. They know your vulnerabilities and they play to them. Just like you said earlier, they find what you want in that moment and they find what you fear. Yeah. And they play it. Yeah. And then they get you. So whether you're a Democrat listening or a Republican or whatever you are, I don't care. (laughs) What I want you to do 
is educate yourself. This is why Barbara and I decided to do this podcast tonight, because we really wanted people to know what we're, what we're talking about and that there are different characteristics and traits. Harvard University went on CNN, I believe it was CNN, way back when Trump either was first elected or he was um, running. And they started to talk about the malignant narcissist. They started to talk about how concerned they were about his personality disorder. And I remember, and I'm a New Yorker. I mean, this guy used to be a New Yorker, people. But he left New York and suddenly Florida became his home base because 90-something percent of New Yorkers did not vote for this man. Right. Because they they had experienced abuses, neglect, and traits that he did with his workers. He treated them terribly. Yeah, as a businessman, yeah. So suddenly, his hometown is no longer New York. Just like he used to be a Democrat. Oh, Mary well, Grace. I don't know if you know this, but can we just... I do. I do. Matter of fact, I know a quote of his where he said, if I was ever to run for president. You know the quote, right? Oh, yeah. I'd run as a I would run as a Republican. Why? Because they're stupid. Yes. Yes. And then somebody who's listening to that, he knows how to play that population and to feed into their desires and then to manipulate. And then he does a bad behavior and they say, oh, well, it's because of this. Oh, well, it's the media doing this. Oh, well, it's this. And people start rationalizing. And I can talk about this in regards to whether we're talking about addiction, whether we're talking about forms of narcissism, wherever there's a problem and it doesn't change or shift. I listen to the person and they are rationalizing all the red flags that have come up, all the things that have told them this is this marriage is in trouble. This person is an addict. They rationalize and they want to believe and they want to believe. And that problem occurs year after year after year until death. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to watch. It really is. And being 30, I'm going to be, well, I'm definitely 32 years in the field now where I've watched so many lives be affected by this rationalization of bad behavior. To the point of acceptance where they make sense of it and then they can no longer stop it or protect themselves. And it's hard. Yeah, to- and you know, what's so funny is that you see with rationalization of bad behavior, like you say, it's almost like it's a slippery slope. You know, my grandmother always used to say, well, if you kill one person, you've crossed a threshold and there's no going back. Yeah. Killing another and another and another will mean will be absolutely nothing for you because you've already done it. So it's like with these rationalizations, you accept one rationalization and you accept one bad behavior, you've rationalized them all, okay? Because I think back to the time where things were coming out about his treatment of women, like tapes, mm-hmm. audio tapes of him saying derogatory things about women's parts, what he did with women, how he saw women, his outright misogyny. Mm-hmm. And yet women went out, they found some way of rationalizing that behavior in their minds. 
And I speak of women because I usually think that women are the more sensible. Sorry, guys, if you're there, but you know what? You get it straight when it comes to me. I always think women will be the nurturers, will be the saviors of everything, only to discover, oh, actually, no, there's a whole bunch of women who, who were able to rationalize these things they heard with their own ears in his own voice. They found somewhere to rationalize it and make it okay for them to go ahead and support such an individual. Yes. It baffles me. And, and hear me again. When you get into a dictator's personality and you get into the personality of a sociopath and a psychopath, they are delusional. They yeah. are mentally ill. They are delusional. Yeah. Which means they are not in reality. They distort realities. They feed reality to be delusional or psychotic. Right. It's not real. And if they're really bright, which psychopaths are very bright, sociopaths are very bright, dictators are very bright, they take that ability to manipulate reality and make sense of something that makes no sense. And, and right. so that hurts people, that does harm. And eventually they will turn on you. They burn you out. They do not bond. I can't. You know, we've seen it too, right? So like in Zimbabwe initially, you know, Mugabe had his inner circle, right? And the moment any one of those people opposed or not even opposed, but suggested an alternative way of doing things or said, you know, chief president, you know, I mean, things are starting to look really bad out there. Maybe we ought to. That was it. You were axed. You were demoted. You were removed. You were lucky if you weren't killed, but you were removed because they have this this grandiose sense of, of self where they're like, how dare you do this to me? Who do you think you are to talk to me like that? They're so far on in their heads. And then they have sycophants. You see, this is they create a, a group, a cult like movement around them of people who bow in katao, people who literally, it seems like they just took their brains and put them in a bucket somewhere and decided to become zombies hypnotized by this creature. You can't tell them anything wrong about this person. This person could commit murder and this person would just be fine. It's, it's frightening, Mary Grace, when you think of it, especially when you think of the, the consequences and the repercussions Because what they generally tend to do, these dictators, like you say, divide and conquer is put one group of people against another. Right now, we have white supremacists who say they are ready to go to war if this election does not go the way they want. They're saying it. They're all over TikTok, you know, putting up their guns. We're ready to go to war. And now what you have on the other side is, and this is, this is so fascinating, and this is where I just feel like there's so much hope. You've got black and white veterans of the U.S. Army who are coming out strong and saying, we're here. Don't even think about it. Yeah. There will be no civil war. Because these guys are like, we're going to have a civil war, and this time we'll win. And people are like, this time you'll win what? You, <laughs> you, you lost last civil war. 
which which war are you going to say this this time you'll win? You didn't even make it to the start line with the last one. I guess they're talking about, you know, that whole supremacist thinking and what, you know, the civil war in this country was based on really in reality. Yeah, so you've got this going on and it's like division, division, division. Yeah. And splitting of groups and splitting of families. Yes. I mean, Again, you know the young people I take care of who's, who's I mean, been kicked out of homes. I, I need people. We, for how many years? Like, we've had a Democratic Party. We've had different parties. We have disagreed. We have had integrity in our disagreements. We have had respect when we disagreed. Right. We, we don't have to agree, but we do need to respect and be able to see when someone is dividing and conquering for their own good. Right. Own, there is a difference between self-righteousness and righteousness. Right. One is all about the South. I define everything. It is my world. It is about me. I am to be admired. And you know you have that person who's either a sociopath, a dictator, when you have all of the divisions that have happened and the free reign of such blatant bad behavior. Blatant. It's blatant. I'm sorry. No, Nazis are not okay. It no. is wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. Blatant. Crystal clear bad behaviors. Right. Crystal clear. And, and so rationalize and say, if you're doing that, whew, wow. This is why people are throwing that world, that word cult around because it's when you lose your perception of reality, you lose it and you, you join the war and your own values get so skewed that you're rationalizing blatant abuse, bad behaviors, war. Yeah. Like a problem. And if you were to ask these people, like, just say, you would just say, let's just have a rational discussion, you and me. What are we fighting about exactly? Yeah. Like let's like, let's just break it down. You and me. What are we fighting about? They won't have anything concrete to come up with. And this is the sad thing about this. We're fighting for jobs, really? Okay. Has the person who promised you jobs delivered on jobs? If so, how's that working out for you? Okay. Uh has the, they would not you you cannot even carry on. I've tried this. I've tried this. Try to have rational conversations. It ends up because there is no reason or rhyme to why they support this person. Like I said, other than the fact that they don't like who that person doesn't like. And I've always said, you know, it would be so funny and interesting to realize that actually maybe he, he, he does actually, he's not, he's not actually as racist as he seems, but he found a group for whom race was a trigger and an issue. And he went with that. He found a group whose own fear of an annihilation made them hate people who've literally done nothing to them. And that he decided, you know what, that's what I'm going to run with. 
I'm going to run with the immigrant thing that they're coming. I'm going to run with this whole, uh, you know, if we're not careful as white people, the good people, make America great again. If, if we don't run with that, you know, uh, yeah, let me run with that because these people, that's their hunger. This is where they're hungry. And it worked perfectly because it was on the back of two terms of a black president. And so those who harbored racism and prejudice uh, had, had, a, had a, a, a sort of moment where they could say, ha, phew, there, somebody who speaks our language, who thinks our way of thinking. Never mind the fact that he has literally put this country on its knees in so many ways. And so another thing that they do is, you know, they'll use government surveillance system against, you know, domestic political opponents. That's here. In places like Zimbabwe, in places like Iraq, which has had a dictator, in places like Libya, they simply do one thing. They kill off all opposition. They don't put any surveillance on anything because they're already entrenched. So it is permissible for them. They give themselves permission to go around killing their opposition. Now, if you can just imagine that a would-be dictator was allowed to be entrenched. And believe me, when they're trying to entrench themselves, they do certain things that you and I are talking about. They end up with a cabal of people in top, key top position from military to economics to the universities in every sphere. They will appoint, just like the appointment of judges that we're seeing, they will appoint people in key strategic places so that when they want to push an agenda in that area, the agenda will go through because they have their top, the top people in there are their men or their women, so to speak. You know, so in this country, I mean, surveillance has been used. Uh, you know, one went, 45 went as far as to engage a foreign government to try to uh, bring down an opponent. I mean, again, things that, in a true democracy are unheard of. And you ask yourself, how is he getting away with things like this? What has happened in this country that he can get away with stuff like this? And do you know what's scarier, Mary Grace? Is that unless this is curtailed and stopped, it is setting a precedent. We keep talking about these are unprecedented moves. This is an unprecedented time. Well, people, if, we don't, if we're not careful, this will become the precedent. Yes, yes, yes. And then it's all needs to be limits. Right. There needs to be limits to bad behavior, and people need to educate themselves on what it is that we're dealing with. Right. You need to learn. When I first started out, I said, I, I, we've got to do so many sessions on narcissism. Just look at the dynamics, decide right. to study, do your freaking homework, do your homework. You want to disagree, you want to come to the table and you want to argue, well then do some homework, understand what these dynamics are because people who are experts, and that's another thing that happened, suddenly you're tearing apart these experts, these renowned people in the pandemic, for example. Right. People who know what they're doing. This is what they spend their lives committed to. Right. And you are going to make them people that you, you shouldn't trust. 
during a pandemic. But yeah. you trust God Almighty, the entitled one. Yeah. I know what's best. Yeah. But when it's convenient, I'm going to claim I don't know. Or this- exactly. And then I'll blame. I yeah. then blame the said officials who you yeah. demonized in the first place. They got it all wrong. You know, they got it all wrong. Yeah. Is to protect. <laughs> Sometimes I've been on social media with this pandemic and I have had to say, this is not freaking political. You want this to stop? You want people to get back to work? Freaking deal with the problem. That's it. The only people that are making this longer are the people who won't wear masks. The best will deny that it's there. Right. They're denying it's there because somebody set a precedent for that denial. And it's somebody who's very powerful who told them that they did not have to wear masks because you know what? It was curtailing their freedom. It yeah. was fake news. It's a fake virus. It's a hoax. It's a hoax. It's a hoax. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, the hoax is on who now? <laughs> I'm sorry. Gotch. Sorry. <laughs> gotch. I'm sorry. But, I, you know, and yeah, I'm pissed. I'm, I'm pissed because... I'm tired of it. I'm tired yeah. of ignorance. I'm tired of people not paying attention. I'm yeah. tired of people just disregarding people who have experience and knowledge who are trying to warn people and take care of people and do right. the right thing and do something of integrity and do something of honor and transparency. Right. When you're in wisdom, you're transparent with your issues. That's it. You never claim to be perfect. You right. said, I'm struggling with this, or I don't know. I will find out. Or, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah. I am sick of this. I am sick of it. And Barbara and I, we've had our conversations, and that you know, this is what has led us to do this show tonight. No, I think it's important. You know what? And I still want to tell. Here's another point. Guys, if you're listening out there, hallmarks of a dictator. This is across all dictatorships throughout the world. They use state power to reward corporate backers and to punish their opponents. What happened with COVID in Michigan, Mary Grace? What did they tell Governor uh, Whitmer? You're not going to get money for PEE because you're not that. You're not nice. Do you remember those words? That woman in Michigan. (laughs) Listen, people, she was called that woman in Michigan, remember? Yes, yes. I mean, disrespect. Look at disagree, but respect. No, but then to hold respect. what is what is to 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 feel empowered enough to say you're not getting federal funding for X Y Z that your people need. As a you know what, I'm paying you back. I'm punishing you because Ridiculous. you're not on my side. You're not on my team. You're not in my club. So I'm going to punish you. And the the point is, it's not her he was punishing. It's the poor people in Michigan, the health workers who needed their PPE, the health workers who needed to make sure that they got prophylaxis, whatever it was at the time, you know, in case if they got infected. That is where this whole dissociation and lack of empathy comes in, right? Yeah. The directive, we will not give funding to schools that will not open. Every kid needs to go to school. Every kid needs to go to school. Lack of empathy. Like no planning even. Just we will not give you the money if, if schools don't open. Wow. Who are you? Who are you to say that? Who do you think you are to do that in a place that is a democracy that has checks and balances and ways in which things are run? Yeah. 
You want to override the governors in the state. That's what he was trying to do, is override the governors in the states who are really responsible for making sure their states did well. He had no right to withhold funding for anything from anybody. And to not want to take care of the people who are suffering and struggling, to not have the heart to be there for these people who were struggling. That's what's missing. And, and people lose sight of that because he, he's so abrasive and he dominates with words so well. People deserve kindness, compassion, care. Call me a goddamn snowflake. I don't give a freaking shit right now. Let it blizzard out as far as I'm concerned. Oh, somebody go, is somebody calling you a snowflake? <laughs> Uh, care and compassion and concern, integrity, honor, wisdom. These are key words, key words. A person of those traits, their words and their behaviors will match. That's it. Will match. You don't have to work very hard if a person who is honest is in front of you. But when somebody creates chaos, and trips you up and flips the narrative or gaslights, please look it up, viewers. That is not somebody who is honest. That is somebody who wants to wear you out so you don't question and you'll just follow. So, oh, I'm sorry. I'm realizing we were supposed to stop, but we're going to, all the viewers, you got us fully loaded tonight. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, Guys, you know, we come, we bring it as real as we, we are. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's just, you know, in this day and age that we live in, you know what? Yeah. We are not news pundits who are sitting there dressed in nice suits trying to sound pretty. We're bringing it to you, Ron, like it is because you are us and we are you. That's right. And so right. we mirror what you're going through and the frustrations that you feel. We bring that so that we can open up discussions and talk about things that sometimes people in their various spaces are not able to. Yes. So we appreciate your time. Yes. And we're here and we care and we want your feedback. We want to hear your thoughts. We need you to, you know, those of you who support us, please support us. We need your likes. We need your subscriptions. Um, Barbara, African Auntie. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, my podcast, Generic African Auntie, can be found on uh, Anchor. It can be found on Google, Spotify. It can be found on about eight platforms. I always forget all of them, guys. But definitely, you know, do look me up. Do look us up um, and connect with us, even if you don't agree with us. I, I believe so firmly in honest discourse, especially with people we don't agree with. Because we can always learn from you, and I hope that you can always learn from us. So let's keep dialogue open, guys. That's right. That's right. And on that note, we'll stop and uh, thank everybody for listening in. And, um, you know, we'll be here on Facebook Live again next Friday. But we're, of course, all the time on uh, Detroit, our podcast, Detroit, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> all right. Take care, take you guys. Care, Have everybody. a great weekend. Bye now. Great weekend.